This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, this is Dayton Ward, author of a whole bunch of Star Trek novels, and you're listening to Warp 5 on Trek FM. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to Star Trek Enterprise. I am your host, Patrick Devlin, and I'm joined by my illustrious co-host, as always, Brandon Shamatalo. Brandon, how are you? I am doing fine. Brandon is fine. He is the funny man with the funny hat, and he likes to sing, and he likes to sing with his co-host, Patrick. Oh, I like that. I, th- I thought you were going to do a don't fox the, you can't out fox the fox thing, but that was better. I, I can't write songs on the go. Well, no, it's a song in the... Forget it. <laughs> movie night. Mo- yes, movie night. Another movie night. Um, our final movie night. Is this our final movie night? This is. All right. This is the last one. We're oh, finally boy. done with the court jester. We are. And you know what? We're ending on a high note. I think so. I like this movie a lot. I mean, um, I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, we'll get into that. When we get into the episode. Yeah. So let's do that now. What was your initial uh, thoughts of this movie? Uh, I, I'll tell you, I was dreading going into this movie because I watched the trailer for it first and I'm like, oh dear Lord, this does not look good. Um, and then when I started watching it, I watched, I started watching it with my kids. We watched like the first five minutes and I'm like, oh dear Lord, this does not look very good at all. Because they were talking in like that kind of Shakespearean way with that opening scene. And... I'm, I was dreading it because I don't really like Shakespeare. You know, I don't really follow along when they talk, and I don't quite understand Shakespeare. Basically, I'm telling you guys I'm dumb. But That's not true. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so, <laughs> my mother read tons of books. She loved to read, you know, um, whatever. I've, I've gone on here about my issues with my mother. But whatever. She was a very smart individual, and she couldn't understand Shakespeare at all. Yeah. She was amazed me and my sister could. Okay, well, then you're smarter than me. <laughs> well, we knew that. But... <laughs> so, anyway, so that's what, the way it started, and I'm like, oh, dear, this is not going to be fun. And I also, the, based on the poster and knowing that it was like this Technicolor thing and this epic film that Flox was watching on the Enterprise, I'm like, I bet you this thing's going to be like three hours long because I didn't like For Whom the Bell Tolls very much either, which was the first movie that we did for our Warp 5 movie night. Um, I'm not really a big fan of those Technicolor epics of the 50s, you know, Dr. Zhivago and and things like that. They're just not my kind of movie. Um, But then the song started to happen when he was in the forest, and I'm like, this is kind of like a Robin Hood kind of film. You know, like you got this troop of merry men that are in the forest and they're trying to protect this baby king because the king who's on the crown has usurped the crown and I'm guessing killed the entire family and this one baby got away. And I started to enjoy the song and the songs aren't that good, I don't think, but, you know, there was a lot of fun stuff going on. And when, because the main character is the court jester and he's not this guy called the Black Fox who's basically like a Robin Hood type. And honestly, this is kind of like Robin Hood Lower Decks, right? This yeah, movie. <laughs> exactly. So, um, 
but he's got this, he's dancing around doing this thing. He's like, I'm not really the fox. And then all of a sudden these neat things happening where he splits into two and then they split at a third. And it was like this, this really well done thing where they had the people hidden behind him, but the way the camera work was done, it was actually pretty flawless and it was happening quickly enough that I couldn't see how it was done. No, and it's the 50s, so they didn't have the technology to just poof a person into existence like they do now. Mm-hmm. So, so like you're right. He was that, he must have been standing right behind him yeah. at the perfect camera angle. Um, so I agree. Uh, I, interesting you said it's a Robin Hood, because it is like a Robin Hood lower decks. I also kind of saw, because he had the uh, tumblers with him at one point, so mm-hmm. it was kind of like a Peter Pan Robin Hood mix to me. Like that's the kind of way that he looked to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, in that first, um, I guess, break out into song part. Because the whole song isn't, it's not like, it's not like a Broadway movie where it's like song after song after song. There's actually large gaps between the songs. Mm-hmm. But when they, when they broke out into music, like you said, it's not the best music. Mm-hmm. It's not the best songs. But I felt like it was kind of like making fun of like Broadway. You know what I mean? Like it was like poking fun, maybe not at Broadway, but it was like a, a funny version of Broadway. Not, mm-hmm. it wasn't meant to be high high quality songs you know what i mean and even one of the songs so like when musicals happens which again i'm not the biggest fan of musicals per se i don't hate them they're just not really genres that i go to listen to like i don't watch musicals very often you know i I would say the only musicals that i watch with frequency would be disney films i would i'm kind of in the same boat unless i'm going to a broadway play yeah and i don't even do that very often but um me neither and even then i go to like Half of the ones I've gone to are Disney, right? So. <laughs> and uh, one of the songs is actually so. So I guess, yeah, what I was going to say is that the songs are designed to like explain plot elements and character development. But what, in my impression, when I watch a musical, it's not something that's really happening. Like it is, but obviously people don't break into song, right? So it's not quite happening that way. However, one of the songs is actually him performing for the king, right? So right. So it's not just a plot device. It's yeah actually happening in that way mm-hmm. um i also kind of saw the first one as being happening at that moment okay because he is all right so he is the court jester but he's not the court jester that the movie's kind of named after right you know um which we'll get into in a minute but he is he also is someone who entertains mm-hmm. so i just felt like that first scene was just him entertaining being funny and um, ironic and whatnot, and then the real fox, the black fox, shows up mm-hmm. and tells him to stop being me, get out of my clothes, which was funny to me. The whole movie was pretty funny to me, yeah. and um, I do enjoy um, Shakespeare, so I would have been fine if it stayed that way. I don't know any other Technicolor movies I've watched. I think this is the only one, like the 50s Technicolor movies, mm-hmm. but uh, I did enjoy this one, and I did like that the some of the elements of the movie... That, like you said, some of the songs were, well, that's not really happening. Like, the whole place doesn't break out. Like the very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. They don't all just break out in a song. Mm-hmm. It'd be ridiculous. But I felt this scene and the one where he's singing for the king are happening as they're happening in our view. In the, okay, in the film. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I mean, that's a fine way to interpret it. So, but uh, yeah, so the songs were okay. There's a couple of good moments. Uh, I think the, the real shining thing for it for me though was the comedy and there was some really truly funny moments and again I don't often watch a, I don't watch a lot of comedies as well because I don't really find movies funny enough to laugh out loud to but as I was laughing out loud to Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein a couple of times I was actually laughing out loud to this one a couple of times like there was some the timing of this movie was really well done and the jokes really worked like one of the subplots is Angela Lansbury is the is the daughter princess of this king usurper, and she's got this side witch, who's like. Her... Oh my! I didn't know that was Angela Lansbury. That's Angela Lansbury. Yes, when I, she was young. You know, it's ironic because she did look somewhat familiar, but I could not place it at all, <laughs> and funny. I didn't look it up. Yeah, she's the murder she wrote. Yes, and that's where I know her from. Yeah. That and when I grew up, there was a woman across the hall who looked identical to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Angela Lansbury's character had this witch who was like her aide. And who she this... kept threatening to kill. Yeah, right, because this aide <laughs> promised her that she would fall in love. 
And so our main character... Uh, okay, so what the plot is is that there's this rebellious group that wants to get into the castle to overtake the castle. And so how they're going to do it is they're going to go in and steal the key, which will open up a secret gate. And But they don't know how they're going to do it. And so while they're hiding in the rain... Uh, the two main characters come across this guy who's like, hi, I'm the court jester and I'm on my way to meet the king. And they're like, you're going to go and be a personal confidant of the king. So they, they knock him over the head and our main character takes on the appearance of the court jester. And that's how he gets into the castle. Right. Right. Which ironically happens the moment they're talking about having to do this plan. <laughs> yes. It's um, very, very convenient. And, uh, and also the reason for all of this is not, they're just not trying to kill the King of England. It does take place in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said earlier, this King had gotten rid of the whole family. And then there's this true King who's still an infant, an infant of in- who yeah. has a, uh, pimpernickel, pumpernickel, pimpernickel? Yeah. some purple flower, purple flower on his butt. Right. You know, which looks like a tattoo, but, Right. Um, so, which was funny in itself, because even when he had to like show everyone, so that they yeah, had he like, had to keep dropping and showing this kid's butt off, right? Yeah. Like it's just an infant, just a baby, but it was actually kind of cute and funny <laughs> the way that he was doing it. Um, and so, so our main character, who's going in and pretending to be the court jester, um, so so Angela Lansbury's witch has promised Angela Lansbury that she's going to fall in love at some point, and her true love keeps not coming around. So this witch hypnotizes our main character, which I'm sorry I'm bad at names, listeners, uh, into believing that he's in love with Angela Lansbury's character. But the way that she does it, she's like, every time I snap my fingers, you're going to go in and out of the trance. Greatest thing they added into that movie. Yes. And then, so there's a lot of funny moments where people are just suddenly snapping their fingers and our main character's like going in and out of this trance. And it's really funny. And the comedic time, when the first time it happened, when she snapped, when Angela Lansbury ended up snapping her fingers and bringing him out of it, I wasn't expecting it. So it really made me laugh the first, the first one. Yeah, me too. Because even when they say it, when I snap my fingers, you'll be out of it. Like, it you just assume it's only going to be the witch that can Correct. do it, right? <laughs> Correct. So. Like you assume it's it's not just any snapping of fingers, and uh, but it is anyone snapping their fingers, including later on, he snaps himself. He out snaps of it. his own into. He snaps himself out of it because he snaps in the his middle fingers. of a, a fight, which I find interesting is look, it's completely implausible, but it's a comedy, so who cares, right? She she convinces him. I will say yes. This is completely implausible. And if this was a Star Trek Discovery episode, I would be ripping apart the edge right no, now. Yeah, right, with... and I would too. But the, <laughs> but this is. I've always said this that comedies don't hold the same need for truth. Right. That other that dramas need. Drama I needs agree. to be somewhat true. It can stretch truths in places, but it has to be there has to be plausibility or at least an explanation. Right. This is a comedy. I don't care. Right. I don't. I don't care how out of control it is. That's the point. Um, like you, I don't like a lot of comedies, but I, I, all the comedies I seem to like are older. Yes, I don't like newer comedies. Um, so, well, just, high school high is pretty good. Or what's old school? Sorry, old school is my favorite. See, I don't like him as an actor. So, oh, that movie's so funny though. Um, it was all right, but so the main character is Hawkins, but he takes on the persona of Giacomo. Giacomo, that's right. Yes, <coughs> who's Italian. Uh, Italian, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And th- they actually, when, when the first guard sees him, he's like, don't I know you? Because he had ran into him as an old man. They He dresses up as an old man to hide the baby in yeah. a wine barrel with the, with, um, and I can't the remember captain. her name. With Right, he keeps calling her captain. And then, you know, it's the age-old story. We could fall in love, but not now. That's what leads to the whole, we need to get inside. And Jack, and the real Giacomo happens to show up, and he's like, can I get in from the rain? Yeah, I'm going to be a confidant to the king. And they bop him over the head and all that. But uh, mm-hmm. So then Hawkins takes it over. And what I love about that, even that comedy made me laugh a little bit. I, I'm like you. I don't laugh out loud, like, heavily. And uh, I only laughed out loud even a few times here. But a lot of it was, huh, that's clever, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, when when the king's advisors, I guess they were, right? Mm-hmm. Ravenhurst is his name. Mm-hmm. Ravenhurst hires Giacomo because he's a, the best assassin in the world. Right. But now he thinks... So Giacomo, Hawkins, shows yeah. up thinking he's meeting with this guy who's an insider, right? but the insider keeps trying to get in with him, and he keeps pushing him away because now he thinks Ravenhurst 
is the insider, but he's not. So because they having... just give a look at each other right after. It's really complex, and it's hard to it's hard to describe to the listener what happened because so many subtle little things happen so quickly in this movie, right? So you really do have to pay attention while you're watching it. But there's a lot of really subtle stuff. So their cue is a whistle. They've got the secret whistle, correct? And so the insider in the castle does the secret whistle, but as this guy, as Giacomo turns and looks, this Ravenhurst guy Step looks at him and nods to him. And so yes. he takes that as the cue that, oh, he must have been the guy that whistled when really he thinks of the murder. And we don't even know at that time that Ravenhurst wants him to murder. We don't even find out for a little bit because the first interaction they have is Ravenhurst is confirming with him, you know what to do, right? You know what to do. And they're like, yep, yep, yep. But they're talking about two completely different things. They're having two totally different conversations. It's right. great. It's like layered upon layered upon layered. And they're, they're both talking in code, so the other one doesn't realize it's not the same conversation. <laughs> right. It was yes. phenomenal. Yes. I loved it. And meanwhile, the other guy whose name I do not know at all, um, the actual inside man, mm-hmm. who that never got explained out, but again, it's comedy, so I'm okay with it, because he's like, well, if you have a guy inside, why can't he just open it? And she's like, well, you'll understand when you meet him. And we don't understand. Like, I expect them to have, like, no legs or no arms or something. You know what I mean? Like... You know, actually, who I was expecting? I was expecting it to be Angela Lansbury's character. As oh, soon I as they, see that. That's what I expected. And then it didn't turn out to not be that, but... Yeah, yeah. no, it didn't. Um, I could see it being her. Um, what I found interesting was... Uh, well, first. So, he keeps trying to get in with... With Hawkins, and he can't because Hawkins is convinced that Ravenhurst is the insider, and this guy is just getting in the way of their right. conversation. It's phenomenal. And it even extends because when Angela Lansbury tells her witch, if I marry Griswold, you die. Right. So she goes and goes to Giacomo because she convinced... So at first, like you said, she convinced that she would fall in love. Then she convinces her that she's going to fall in love with Giacomo because he happens to be riding down the... The uh, passage playing uh, a tune. So again, that's another situation where the song actually makes sense to be happening at the moment. Because mm-hmm. he's trying to use the song to give the whistle to mm-hmm. find the inside guy. So that makes right. sense to me. Um, not that it has to, but it does. And then, so she convinces her, no, that's the guy you're going to fall in love with. That's the romance. So now she goes and can, and puts him under a spell that he... That he won't remember later anyway, but puts him under a spell. And he, the, the most ridiculous flying across on vines I've ever <laughs> seen in a movie. But it was fun. I mean, it was fun. It, it didn't look real, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's flying around to go get her, and he's like this really suave debonair. And the scene right before that, I know I'm jumping all over, but this movie's kind of hectic, actually. It is. There's a lot going on. <laughs> this movie is a dense, dense yeah, movie. And it's really good. I, I suggest anyone listening watch this movie. You can find it out there, I think, on uh, YouTube. It's like three bucks if you really have to pay for it, but it's worth the three dollars. Yeah, I rented so, it off of uh, iTunes, yep. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's three bucks there too, right? Something like that. Well, In Canada, it's a hundred. A hundred dollars. Yeah, that's, that's, a, a that's the currency conversion. That's a lot. No, it was like five bucks or something like that. No, I know. I'm just kidding. Um, No, but so, but just before that, she's like, you have to be debonair. You have to be gay. You have to be this. And he's going through all the emotions as she's saying them. Mm -hmm. And it's great. It's phenomenal the way he acts each emotion for like a split second and then moves on to the next. I've seen that happen in like cartoons, like Bugs Bunny or something like that. Yes. Cartoons where they do that same thing. You have to be this and you have to be that. And they're, they're doing that facial expression for that emotion as they're going through all of them. I've so seen that I. kind of joke. I thought it was very well done though here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then, like we said, she snaps, he's out of it. And then she snaps again and he's back in it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the princess, which is Angela Lansbury. The better one of those is in the middle of, you know, because, again, Angela Lansbury continually tells her, if he dies, you die. If he dies, you die. Because this comes up. Because, and the reason why is because she's supposed to marry somebody else. Right. And her dad is going to set her up for an alliance, and she doesn't want to. And what's interesting, another thing that's interesting about it is, the witch finds out that Ravenhurst thinks Giacomo is... An assassin. I, I guess the witch would assume she, he's an assassin as well. But she knows he's under a trance, so he doesn't know he's an assassin. Mm-hmm. So she goes and assassinates the people he was supposed to assassinate. <laughs> right. Poisons them. Yes, and then, and ironically, he does the assassination in Ravenhurst's mind because 
the other captain is trying to get the baby out. Right. And a guard sees her. So he takes a flogging of ale, I guess, and throws it at the fire and goes, a toast, right after she poisons his right. mead or wine or whatever it is he's drinking. And the three guys who are supposed to die all drink the wine. So now Ravenhurst really thinks he's the, you know, because he, he's either the biggest dummy or the smartest man in the world. Right. And Ravenhurst can't figure out which one he is. Or Ravenhurst thinks he's the smartest, but his his confidant, who I don't know his name, he thinks he's a dope. Right. Right. It, it's yeah. just so well done. Yeah. It's very dense, and listeners are probably like, what the hell are you guys talking about? They don't. They have no idea. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you're not going to know, and we've cut, we've spoiled everything, but we've gone over it fast enough that you won't remember any of it. So go back and watch the movie and then listen to the podcast again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> the other thing, no, but the other thing, too, like, so... So now they're supposed to fight each other, right? Mm-hmm. Because they rush him through. That was great. I loved loved the scenes where he had to be knighted in a day. Okay, so yeah. So what happened is the the guy... Uh, so so the daughter, Angela Lansbury's, has fallen in love with Giacomo, who's our main character, and her dad is mad because he arranged her marriage with this other guy who has now come and is offended. And one of his... Uh, so Okay, so the Ravenhurst says, well, this is brilliant. We can have him kill this guy, too, because he's the Black Fox. They somehow think he's the Black Fox now because of certain things that he's done. And they're like, if we could knight him, he could. he's the best swordsman there is because he's the Black Fox. Therefore, he can kill this guy, right, and yeah. save us a lot of grief, but it'll be legit. And so they go to make Giacomo... Uh, a knight and they rush him through and they fake all of his tests that he has to do. It's supposed to take like five years to get through night school or whatever. It takes and him they five just, hours. Yeah, it takes <laughs> him like five hours and they make him a knight because they they fake all the tests. The funniest one was with the bird. <laughs> Where it just like, falls, he's like, I didn't even shoot the arrow yet. He got to shoot a, a bird in flight. So they give him the arrow. He's still pointing the arrow to the ground because he hasn't even pulled back the spring yet or the string. And a bird falls to the ground with an arrow through it, and they're like, you passed. He's like, but I didn't even shoot the arrow yet. Because like, he kind of understands that he's not supposed to do this. And he doesn't know that he's being set up to die yet, but he knows yes. something's not right. So he's he's not trying to pass. Like They're like, he's supposed to climb a wall, and clearly that wall is supposed to be like massive, and he's supposed to be in armor. And they put a stick under him and throw him over the wall. Passed. <laughs> <laughs> he he never shoots, but the the thing falls. There was a third. Then one. they're like, "You got to fight a wild boar," and a little tiny <laughs> piglet comes out. <laughs> fight this little tiny piglet, right? <laughs> like so you have to, you have to wrangle it with your bare hands, so, and then they make him pick it up. Yes. Another great scene is when like so now there was another one, another person who was legitimately being knighted. Who passed all the tests legitimately. Yeah. So he comes up and you have to drink like wine and there's this whole ceremony that goes with becoming a knight. And then they realize the rain's coming. So the king, through all this, thinks he's knighting Giacomo so that Giacomo will be murdered by Gri- Gr- Griswold. Right. When the advisor thinks that Griswold will be murdered by Giacomo. Right. Because Giacomo's the black knight. Uh, black fox. <laughs> So they rush him through the ceremony as well. What a great scene. At double speed, right? And it was kind of funny. Like, did you catch that they were, like, putting the footage forward and backwards? I, I have that in my notes. That, like, when he when they were walking backwards, they weren't. They were really walking forwards, and they just ran it in Played reverse. Played it in reverse, right? So that, I don't know, it was, like, this weird <laughs> dance that they were doing. But then they, like, they force him to, like, drink this wine. They, like, smash his face in the thing, and they, like... Yeah, and then they just him. wipe his whole face real fast, and then yeah. they slam the... The uh, the helmet on his head, and instead of like tapping it nicely with the with the axe, they like bash him in the head, and he falls backwards. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, he was just told by Captain in a note that he, they're they're rushing him through this so they can kill him. Right, and he tried he was, to hide, but he ended up hiding in the ceremony and <laughs> in the flag bearers, and he comes dancing out, singing the flag bearers song. Right, phenomenal. Um. All these all these little things happen. It was just great, and then and then after all of that happens, Ravenhurst outs him for being the the black fox, which he's not. Right. So they try and get the black fox to take his place to fight, but the but they can't because the cave uh, falls in, and 
here we have here we have Chekhov's tumblers, you know, because they mention these little tumblers early in the movie mm-hmm. that are with Haw- Hawkins. He's trying to get them a job, but but the Black Fox is like, well, we don't have food and we don't have rations, so sorry, guys. And the guys are like, oh, if you ever need us, call us. So of course now they're needed. Chekhov's little people. You, yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Well, he calls them tumblers. They're the best tumblers in the world. See, when you say tumblers, I think you were talking about glasses. Like, because if you if you uh, have a... true, but no, but no tumblers like circus. They they worked in like circuses. Yes. You know, uh, or uh, I guess another word for them. They call them tumblers, but it, they'd be like um, gymnasts. Mm-hmm. But they are they're like you know little gymnasts. They're they're they're, <laughs> they're tiny. And uh, so they could fit through this little hole now. And uh, their scenes at the end were great. Mm-hmm. But again, we have another scene where we come up to the point where the princess says to the witch, you know, Angela Lansbury says to the witch, if he dies, you die. Right. And now he's going to fight uh, Ravenhurst. Right. And so she puts a spell on him and tells him he's the greatest swordsman that's ever lived. And all of a sudden, he he's becomes, a great swordsman. <laughs> yeah, he becomes the guy from uh, a princess, uh, Princess Bride. Sure, yep. Do you know that movie? Am yep, I? yep. Okay, so I forget his name, but uh, so basically he becomes him. Oh, speaking of Princess Bride, have you seen Spaceballs yet? <laughs> I knew that was coming up. <laughs> no, uh, I have not. <laughs> so, but he becomes that guy all of a sudden. He's the greatest swordsman ever, and he goes, I'm going to kill you like this. And all of a sudden he doesn't know how to sword fight anymore. Right, he doesn't know how to sword fight anymore. <laughs> so now so. Ravenhurst is about to kill him. He's like, I'm going to kill you like this. And snaps and his fingers again, and all of a sudden he remembers how to sword fight. Yes. So the only detraction that I would take is while this stuff was all funny, some of the comedic scenes went on a little too long, I felt. You know, and then they, they did call back to the snapping fingers a little bit too much at the end there. So, like, uh, that kind of detracted it for me. I'm like, okay, these are these are getting a little long, some of these comedic scenes. Maybe they so. are, but the movie's only an hour and 40 minutes, so... Yeah. I didn't feel like anything was too over the top for me personally, but I could okay. see that because at the end they snapped like five or six times. Yeah. Or the one I liked better than that was much earlier when he was hiding from the king. Because if you remember earlier in the movie, um, the king comes in to talk to his daughter. Yeah, Angela and he's Lansbury. hiding in the closet kind of thing. Right, which is not really a closet. It's like he's behind like two curtains. Yeah. And every time someone snaps, he like storms out because now he's... He's the lover again, and then they snap again, and he hides again, and then he comes storming out because the lover, he won't hide from anyone, and yeah. whatever. He, you know, he has this whole spiel about how he won't hide, and he doesn't care. He'll fight whoever, and, but when they snap again, he goes back into being Hawkins, and he's like, oh I got to hide. I don't know how to do any of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah excellent. Right on. Well, what, I don't know. Do you have any final thoughts on this? Do you want to give it a rating? Anything else you want to mention? We kind of covered the film pretty much in detail here. Yeah, we did. I had a lot of notes. I really enjoyed this movie, and I yeah. really liked the sets used for this movie. Yeah. I really did. Um, so my final thoughts is just, um, I can see where you're coming from with the the snapping being a little long in the tooth at, at, towards the end, but it didn't bother me because the movie wasn't this three-hour drag-on, you know, it was an hour and 40 minutes. It was, it was more mm-hmm. than manageable. Yeah. And uh, the sets were beautiful. I thought the acting was great. I Like you, I felt that the singing wasn't, you know, it wasn't Broadway style singing. It wasn't. It wasn't a musical, but I felt like that was intended. Mm-hmm. That it was done on purpose. That it wasn't supposed to be perfect. And um, and in the end, I mean, we have the the stereotypical Broadway finish. You know, where the king, the the real king, the child, is put back on the throne, and everybody's singing together. And Angela Lansbury ends up with Griswold. They're holding each other as they're singing. But right. the camera pans out, and you see everybody singing. Mm-hmm. It made me think of, you know, like musical stuff like that with the Technicolor, you know, like Wizard of Oz or something like that, like that kind of set design. So, I, I mean, I would give this a four out of five. Uh, I'd probably go a little higher. I'd would probably you? go four, four and a half mm-hmm. for me. Now that you say it, though, I, I didn't realize. Uh, yeah, obviously I've seen, I said earlier I didn't see any of these Technicolor 50 movies, but obviously mm-hmm. I've seen Wizard of Oz. Um, yeah. But that's probably the only other one I can think of. Wizard of Oz, I think, 1939 or 40. But it's a Technicolor movie. Like the version, you know. Because the original version wasn't Technicolor. No, it it always was, yeah. Was it? They always did it. So the first part was in sepia. And and then as soon as she gets out, it's always in Technicolor. Wizard of Oz was the first movie to use Technicolor. And Gone with the Wind was the first movie that was completely in Technicolor. 
Interesting facts. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. But okay, so that's the, but that's the only other like technical movie I can think of off the top of my head that I would have seen. Yeah, from... like there's a lot of the time. Like you can tell it. Like Technicolor is weird to me because like the colors are so vibrant, but to me the image of the film quality is a little bit blurry. Yeah, you know, yeah, the and only... it's something with the Technicolor. I think Technicolor was better for cartoons. Yeah, could personally. Have been. And, I, and I've seen a lot of cartoon technical, you know, like the old uh, Looney Tunes was in Technicolor and stuff, mm-hmm. and the old, uh, I think the old Disney was in Technicolor too. A lot of that's been remastered now anyway, but. And then also, uh, this was done in an interesting format called VistaVision. I don't know if you noticed that at the beginning. Oh, I um, didn't catch that. Yeah, so right at the beginning, they say that this was filmed in VistaVision High Fidelity, and VistaVision was a unique uh, film format that was used by Paramount Pictures. And instead of the film going like up and down through the camera, it actually went sideways through the camera. So it was a it was a oh. natural sixteen by nine uh, resolution negative, but it went through sideways. I don't know why they just wanted to create something different and try and be different, right? Right, but so, that's interesting. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, so this movie, um, Flox and Porthos watched this movie while the rest of the crew was in stasis during the episode Doctor's Orders. So that's when it was. And uh, yeah, this is our last. Uh, this is our last movie night. I think it's been a lot of fun. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go to our previously on Trek FM spot right now. And when we come back, we're gonna give. A, we're gonna just do a little bit of a recap on all of the films for movie night that we've covered. We'll just talk a little bit more about them. So. Talking about the Corchester is not all we've been discussing here on the network. So take a quick listen to this clip and see what else you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, The Ready Room. But Larry, how do you know that there's not a house somewhere out there on the forge where Cybok's in the living room, Michael's in the living room, and there are like six other people in the living room that Amanda... (laughs) And Sarek and Spock never talk about. They t- oh, sure, they took us in for a while and they threw us in the house on the forge. The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Wait, so what switched between your two lists? Calypso comes in. Runaway comes in second oh, of right, importance. Right. Okay. But Calypso comes in second in enhancement of the season. Okay. I see and really, even in importance, I could probably, in my head, flip Calypso and Runaway because I don't mm-hmm. need Runaway. Standard Orbit. Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, is the best named movie of the first six movies, I think. Because from a marketing point of view, from a Star Trek point of view, it's just a great title. Not talking about the execution of the film, I just mean it's a great title. The other movie titles were, eh, eh, you know, I mean, they weren't that creative. Literary Treks. So I I think... If you have an idea or a story for a Star Trek novel, it w- you would be better served if that came on the heels of the 10 pieces of fan fiction that you've written or whatever, or, or things that you've written on your own that, not necessarily fan fiction, but if you practiced as a writer and, and have honed your, your craft, because they're going to want you to be a, a good writer. Yeah, they're gonna, and and that comes back to you know, it's they're gonna tie in editors, and this is not just Star Trek. This is anybody. They're gonna go with people who have demonstrated an ability to hit their marks, get their marks clean, easy to work with, or at least able to work with. Um, and, and can do that on a, and can do that on a. You know, it's like okay, I did it once. No, okay, well now do it again. Now do it again. Now do it three times in a row. Now do it five times in this one calendar year. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcast. Deja vu. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most 30 most 30 apps. Most 30. In most third-party apps. And and you can stream them. Easy for me to say. And you can stream and download the MP3 file from your website or grab the RSS link. I even messed up our into your. Okay, start again. 
If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and most third-party apps. And you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. Patrick, can you show me your bum? My bum? Yeah, I want to see if there's a weird mark on it. I no marks. No marks. Nothing. Purple not flowers. You got no purple flowers on your bum. Nope. Oh, okay. Just want to make sure. You, you gonna take my word for it? Or I, I still gotta show you my bum. Uh, well, if you do, you gotta shave it so I can make sure I can see the whole thing. I, I don't have a problem with that actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have to shave. I'm good. Awesome. Excellent. Right on. Um, TMI portion of the show, ladies <sighs> and gentlemen. TMI. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at TrekFM and on Facebook at facebook.com slash TrekFM. Patrick. Brandon. This tea that I'm drinking is just delicious. I'm drinking lemon ginger tea. I like lemon ginger tea. It's really good. It's delicious. I like lemon zinger, too. Mostly lemon zinger. I like saying zinger. Zinger. I can think of funny, weird definitions of the term lemon zinger. <laughs> Do any of them have you breaking out and dance randomly and song? Yes, all of them, as a matter of fact. Awesome. Patrick, where can people find you when you're not shaving a spot and showing everybody your wonderful birthmark? I don't have to shave to do that. Um, <laughs> oh, TMI again. So they can find me on, which they're not going to now, but they can <laughs> find me on on Twitter at MagicDrop5. No spaces. The five is a digit, not letters. They can also find me on the Babel Conference popping in once in a while whenever I uh, have a chance to do that. And they can find me on this network. With my good friend Amy Nelson doing The Edge, which is uh, all about discovery. And they can find me on the new Magical Mutterings with another good friend of mine, Chris Tribuzio, where we talk Disney movies, or animated live action, sports, non-sports, Marvel, Star Wars. As long as Disney actually produced, distributed, or created it, we talk about it. Sports? They did sports movies. Oh, sports movies, okay. Yeah, movies, the movies. Like, you know, like... I thought uh, we were going to actually Ducks. talk about the Mighty Ducks hockey team or something like no, that. No, 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 but the movies Mighty Ducks or Cool Running, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Miracle okay. was a good one when we beat the Canadians. But more that never happened. But more importantly, the Russians. Psh. But, uh... Lies. <laughs> so, anyway. So, Brandon, where can people find you when you're not snapping yourself in and out of uh, confidence? Well, you can find me on Twitter. Oh, what am I doing? Where am I? What's going on as Brandon? <laughs> that did not work very well. You can find me on Twitter at... <sighs> Start again. I'm going to snap. You, you can screw up then. You can find me on Twitter at Brandon Metella. You can find me here on the network. No, I'm not going to do it. You, you can find me here on the network. <laughs> now you're just upsetting me. <laughs> you can find me here on the network with The Line, a Star Trek Picard podcast. Um, with my friends Justin and Chrissy. And over there we talk about the upcoming show, Star Trek Picard. You can find me here on the network with Warp 5. That's you. Why would I say that? Because you're listening to that show right now. We're here. We're here. We're here. Notice he didn't say with his friend, though, on that one, right? You notice that With my nemesis, Patrick Devlin. You can find me on Fandom Podcast Network with my friends Chris and Tom with a show called Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast. And there we talk about Hitchcock's films one at a time. And last but not least, my friend Zach and I, we have a show called Franchise Fatigue. And over there on the United Federation of Podcast Network, we talk about films, sequels, and remakes all in a row. And we cover them all together. So it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. That's Patrick. Right. And, and Magical Mutterings will be on that same network. Yes. Patrick, should we rank these movies? I think we should. I think that's kind of what the uh, fans of our podcast expect. Yeah, excellent. I think we should do it. Now that it's like right at the end and nobody's listening. Nah, everyone's gone. Everybody's gone. Um, but they'll notice because they'll like get to the previously on Trek FM and they'll see that there's like 20 minutes left in the podcast. Right. And they'll say, hey, hey, what up with that? 
Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to rank, we're going to go from the bottom to the top, and we're going to each rank all of them. Now, Pat, now, we've got 12 films. Now, for movie night, we only did 11 of them. Um, but we also had, we also watched a film called White Zombie when we had Keith DeCandido on to talk about, um, what's that, Fusion. Yes. No, not Fusion. And, so we added that in. What's that third season episode? I can't remember right now. Um, with the zombie Vulcans. Uh, so. I thought it was Fusion. It's not. No, Fusion's another one. Um, uh, anyways, it's not important. The fans not. are screaming at us. We're here. Not. We're not talking about that. We're talking about movies, anyways. Um, okay, so my last place one uh, in twelfth place is for whom the bell tolls. Huh? Really? Yeah. That's your I didn't, worst movie. I didn't like that movie at all. Okay. Yeah. So, and I'll I'll actually give you uh, I'll give you my ranking as well here. Um, if I can open it up properly here. Yes. So I gave For Whom the Bell Tolls two and a half stars. So your worst is a two and a half star? Yeah. Is that out of five or ten? Five. Oh, wow. All right. I don't have a 12th because I I tend to rank high, okay? So I get teased by this all the time. I do too, but but not this time. Yeah. (laughs) I I can um, appreciate For Whom the Bell Tolls for what it was because this is long epic, but I mean, it's like way too long, so two and a half. So, okay, um... I don't have 12 because I didn't watch Sunset Boulevard. Okay. So that defuncts, I guess, goes to last and gets zero stars because i never seen it. But Okay, so what's your 11? My 11th is The Exorcist. What? It was way too long, way too slow. I did not enjoy any of it. It felt like a homework assignment, like a torturous one. It was just not good. Well, I would have been surprised by that, not been surprised by that prior to recording, but after recording it. I thought you liked that. That's surprising. Exorcist? My number 11 is Bride of Frankenstein. Wait, you thought I liked Exorcist? I thought you did. No. I don't remember the conversation then. It was bad. I wasn't listening to you. I was listening to Tom. You and I didn't like it, and Tom liked it. I liked it. I, I was critiquing eh. it, but I liked it. Eh. Well, then I think you're going to be surprised when we get to it on my list here. But Yeah, well, very. <sighs> okay, so your, your 11 was what? Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, I gave it one star. One. Oh, The Exorcist one star? Yeah, that's being generous. I gave Bride of Frankenstein three stars. Okay. It was was okay. My tenth one was Bride of Frankenstein, and I gave it two stars. Two stars? Okay. Yeah, so Uh, not terribly far off. Tenth for me was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, and I also gave it three stars. But I think I enjoyed it more. Um, I thought it was funny. I thought it was good. I thought you liked that movie. I did. But, I mean, it's still only a three-star movie. It's silly, and it's, I don't know. I guess, but, all right. Well, my ninth was Son of Frankenstein. Me too. Um, And, wait. Oh, wait, your 11th was Bride. Yep. Your 10th was, yes. Abbott. And my 9th was uh, Son of Frankenstein. Again, it got, like, two stars, you know. I gave Son of Frankenstein three. Really? You gave it two? Yeah, but Bride was two, and your Bride was three, so it kind of evens out. Okay. Uh, my number eight's The Exorcist. Oh no, I don't. That doesn't surprise me all too much. But eight's I gave it four stars. That surprises me. But you're ranking high. Yeah, but I did enjoy it a lot more this time. I guess. I still okay. think the first. I, maybe starts if I watch it a second time, I like it more. I did not enjoy it. Yeah, and I think the start is slow, and that's what took it away. That's what took a whole star for me. I mean, like if they chopped off the first hour, I'd probably give it a five. Right, but I mean, like I think you're right, but I think if they chop, well, not chop it off completely, they have to give us something, but. I think I could be invested in the movie if it didn't feel like I was doing a homework assignment for the first hour. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are we at? Eight? I'm at eight. Seven. Oh, did you eight? You, you got I didn't do eight. eight. You did eight. So, yeah. my eight. Did I do eight? Nope. Okay. You did nine. Yeah, okay. My my eight is Frankenstein. Your eight, your eight is Frankenstein? I'm not a fan of Frankenstein movies. It's just the way it is. It's another... I mean, I could bump it up to a two and a half, I guess, but I, I give it a two. Frankenstein movies, I give twos. Mm-hmm. That dummy looks super dead. That dummy does look super dead. It's the best part of the movie. Um, what was your number seven? Wages of Fear. Oh, that's way too low. I hated that movie. Don't you remember? I've actually I come hate... around to bringing it up to seven. I hate you. I know. I love that uh, movie. There, there's so many things about that movie that frustrated me. I get the timing and where it was made, so whatever. But the, the, tr- the treating the woman like a dog in the beginning was hard to get over. The guy was... A jerk. The, almost the whole movie. He finally redeems himself, and then he kills himself. 
Oh, no, is it amazing? I hate it, that ending, though. That ending, honestly, if it doesn't end <sighs> that way, I give it another star. Okay. So my one here, so what'd you give it then? A two and a half. Two and a half. So my next one is White Zombie, uh, which I gave a four. And honestly, I don't even really remember the movie now. Really? But I, I liked it. a lot. I liked it. I thought it was good. But I mean, we did it, what, like a year ago? Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. And I've only seen it once, so I don't Me know. Me too. That was my number seven. Uh, for number six, I've got Frankenstein. I gave that four stars. All right. Um, I got For Whom the Bell Tolls at like two and three quarter stars. For number six? Yeah. Okay. Number five? Uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still. Okay. For, at, at two and three quarter stars. What? Two and three quarters? Three, three. S- give it three. You have no heart. I'm ranking low. I, I got I got all these other movies. To, all right, fine. I'll make it a four. Does that make you happy? Yes. Wait, did I say two and three quarters? I meant three and a half. Are you just randomly pulling numbers of your butt now? Pretty much. I, I really meant to say three and three quarters, but I'm messing up here. My number How about five. Three and three quarters? Is three and three quarters okay with you? Sure. Still low. It may be, but I got some more movies up there. Court Jester is my number five. Really? That low? Oh, well, I liked it. I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. But, I mean, this, the, the next four I thought were better, right? Okay. I gave it four stars, right? I love. I thought Court Jester was a great movie. I okay. mean, you got to put something in number five, and I just think the other four are just that much better. All right. Well, what's your number four? The Day the Year Stood Still. Okay, so my five is your four. And... Yeah. I love The Day the Year Stood Still. I think that's a masterpiece. I gave it five stars. So, like, the rest of my movies oh, here so are everything, See, yeah, I'm trying to keep my star ranking all separate here. Why? That's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Because <laughs> I don't know. Because I yeah. didn't think of star ratings until you brought it up just a minute ago. Oh, okay, fine. So, I gave Day of the still five stars. So, okay. what's your four? I mean, I could, I, could, I could see the argument for it, if that yeah. matters. Uh, my four is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh, wow. I really enjoyed that movie. I really like the co- comedy in that movie. Awesome. So, and it's not a movie I would have ever went out of my way to watch. Cool. What'd you rate it? Uh, I would give that a four. Okay. See, I gave it a three, right? Yeah. It's not, I mean, I don't think it's the greatest movie of all times, but being comedy, it gets a pass on a lot of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Uh, what's your number three? White Zombie. Oh, okay. You really like that one, eh? I did. I really enjoyed it. I would give that a four, a four and a quarter, something like that. See, I rated it a four as well. Yeah. Right? It's a good movie. My number three was Sunset Boulevard. I really liked it. I've only seen it the once. Uh, I got to see it again, but I really enjoyed it when we watched it. I thought it was a pretty fascinating film. Unfortunately, so. I wasn't even on the podcast when you guys did yeah, that. Yeah, it was before you even joined the show. Yeah, and so. I didn't have time this week to watch it. Mm-hmm. Number, uh, two, number two, Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Yeah, and I gave I'm it a sure five. I'm sure that's a five. Yeah, that's a five. Yep. All right. So my number two is Court Jester. Okay. Which is a four and a half, and it only loses a half a star because it's a comedy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. And I guess, let me guess your number one. Uh, it's going to be real hard, huh? Yeah. Is it uh, Rosemary's Baby? It is, and it's uh, it's five stars. Yeah. My number one's The Wages of Fear. Yeah, I know. I knew that when I said seven, and you said I hate you. <laughs> that's like one. Of, that's like my favorite movie of all time. It's, it's I know, one I of my top saying three. saying that when we recorded it. Yeah. I love that movie so much, so... You know, like, so, yeah, so, again, like, if you listen to this, like, if I'm giving these things five stars, so my first four movies, I gave five stars, so I'm just like, which one, if I had to pick one off the shelf, which would I pick? Well, I'd pick The Wages of Fear, then I'd pick Rosemary's Baby, then I'd pick Sunset Boulevard, and then I'd right. pick Right, I mean, years, look, so. you didn't, I did not like Exorcist or any of the Frankensteins, like, I would never pick them up again. Yeah. At your rankings, I don't see you not picking up any of them ever again. I'll never watch For Whom the Bell Tolls ever again. Oh, maybe that one. Okay, but besides that one, 11 up, I could see you watching any of those given the right circumstances. Yeah, I'll never watch any. I'll never watch For Whom the Bell Tolls again. Once was more than enough. Yeah, I saw that years and years ago, but I do remember it being better than all the other ones I just mentioned. Below it. Okay, well, that's it. So that's it for movie night. We're all done. That's sad. Yeah, it's sad. What's sadder is you have Wages of Fear at number one. I can't even say what's sadder is you have Rosemary's Baby at one, because that's a pretty damn good movie. <laughs> You're number two. That's my number two. So. <laughs> I think, hands down, that's the best movie on this list. In my it opinion. was good. I'm so glad we watched it. Like, uh, this was fun. This was really fun, and I really enjoyed doing this movie night thing. I think it was great. Um, you know, uh, I hope the listeners enjoyed it as well. 
I know it's a weird thing, but, uh, you know, I'm glad you bared with me. Maybe you didn't listen to all of them. Maybe whatever. Uh, but you know what? It ties into the show, so it's not like he's yeah. out of left field. Nope. And it breaks up the conversation. I mean, how many times can you and I talk about Trip? Apparently well, 70, but... <laughs> so I mean, times. you know, um, I... Look, like I said, there was a lot of movies, eight down, I would never probably watch again, but I enjoyed still seeing them. Mm-hmm. Once to talk about, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like even if it was just for the sake of the podcast that I watched them, you know, it's kind of sad that a thirty-seven-year-old never saw Exorcist in the first place. Mm-hmm. And Shame, Frankenstein. What? I, I I hadn't seen the whole thing either. So no, I know, and you're a movie guy. That's even worse. Yeah. So. Anywho, awesome, excellent. Well, thank you for joining me on this voyage, Patrick. It's been a whole heck of a lot of fun. Um, excellent. So. Should we thank our associate producers? What's our next line? My thing went all messy no. here. If you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron on the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. You know Available what? Through- I'm going to interrupt you. We missed another movie that we watched for the show. What? We missed the right stuff. Oh, man. Oh, man. That would, would go up this? the list. I really enjoyed that movie. Hmm. I would probably put it, going back, I'd probably then put it in sixth place in between Coit Jester and Frankenstein. So, All right. Yeah. Well, I could see it somewhere in that four, five, six range. Oh, I got to add it to the list now. Darn it. <laughs> I forgot about that one because we included White Zombie, right? So. Yeah. Okay. So I would put it in five below Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Uh, no, it's four. Below White Zombie, but above Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And I'd put it at six. So yeah, push I mean, bet- between Corchester and Frankenstein. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really good movie. Yeah, me too. So, Sorry for interrupting you. Keep going. That's okay. Uh, Is there any other movies I forgot about? <laughs> <laughs> you want to wait till I finish this this time before you no. cut me off? Sorry. Uh, Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credit, and more. Available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. At this time, we'd like to thank the wonderful associate producers of Warp 5. And that is Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Ozer, Mark Flessa, Chris Trebuzio, and Jim McMahon. Thank you guys so very much for supporting the network and Trek and Warp 5 in particular. Well, that's all we got for you tonight. Until next time, don't forget, you can't be afraid of the wind. <laughs>